0: Let him stand, so lift your hands, they can be held by someone greater, the great I Let it run.
1: This week, I, uh, I put in the newsletter. Any of you guys see what... Did you see the newsletter, what I was going to speak on? It was on understanding and overcoming the spirit of Antichrist. I'm still going to insert a little bit of that. Because I, ha- I have some really good news and bad news, too. All through my ministry, and I've been in ministry for over 35 years, wherever I've been, i found, and you surely can attest for the last 32 years... It seems like God always gives me the word that is specific for that time and that place. Now, that's the good news. Now, the bad news is that God always gives me a word specific for that time and that place. And Sometimes I don't know how to handle that. But you don't, you don't let up. You don't back off. You don't stop telling what God told you to say. Somewhere along the way, somebody said, you should preach as if you're preaching the oracles of God. And somehow it stuck inside of somewhere inside of me. And all of my life, all my ministry, I've always felt, God, you give me the word, and I'm going to stand up and preach it like you gave it to me, and I'm going to believe it's thus saith the Lord. I've always believed that. Now, it doesn't mean that everything I've ever said is not a you know. And I mean, listen, the, how many of you know the flesh is weak? The flesh is weak. But I have a feeling he's going to pick up from my slack because, anyway, Alex said that earlier. And his grace is sufficient. His grace is far greater than any weakness. But there is an urgency about this hour. This is a serious time. And you must stand on the word of God because the storms are coming. Say the storms are coming. But those that are building their house on solid foundation on the word, the, that house is going to stand. And, uh, but we as the church must respond. I've been feeling like the Lord's saying, if you don't speak up now, you may never have this opportunity again. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And so I'm going to end up today on the spirit of Antichrist... Then next week, can I tell you what I think the Lord gave me a title for next week? I used to never announce the titles because I just felt somebody also told me, and I don't know, they said, the devil can hear you if you speak out loud. So anyway, I don't know that that's, I don't care what he hears. I hope he hears everything I say. Because I'm not backing down, I'm a David. But next week, I was, it was on Friday afternoon, the Lord gave me the title, I'm going to preach next week on the marks of the beast. I didn't say the mark, I said the marks. You better know the marks in this hour. You better know what this thing's going to look like if you plan on overcoming it. Does that make sense? Now, if you want to follow the beast, just follow the world. Watch CNN. MSNBC, CBS, I promise you, you will follow the beast. How many of you know that? I I, I can guarantee you. I'm not prophesying it. But if you follow God's word and you understand. Didn't Hosea not say my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge? A knowledge by what some pastor? No, the knowledge of the word of God. Okay, let's go to 2 Kings Chapter 14, I'm going to begin there. But so what I'm going to do is I, I want to start with the solution before I tell you the problem. Is that okay? So I want to review some things that I spoke on Wednesday night, because I don't know how many people are watching that. And, uh, but it's something that's important. We have to know the solution, and then we can get to the problem. And then I'm going to end up at the end of next week with the solution. You've got to end up with some hope. You know what I'm talking about. You don't just tell people the wages of sin is death. I mean, that is the truth. I don't even know that. But the gift of God is life, eternal life. And we understand you have to end up with some hope. Now look in verse 26 of 2 Kings chapter 14. We have to understand this. This is how I can build this two-part thing. And by faith, I'm going to trust God to help me now. And tell me what to say next week because I've never done this before. I've never preached on the marks of the beast. But there's always a first time. And if he's rising up in the earth, it's probably a good time to preach on it. But look in verse 26. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel. Now does the scripture not say that whatever happened beforehand happened for them as our example on whom the ends of the ages have come? So could we insert America where we see Israel in that text, understanding the full context? For the Lord saw that the affliction of America was very bitter. And whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel, there was no helper for America. How many of you know there is no helper for America outside of the one who is the help We lift our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. Help will not come from man. We want to vote correctly, but we know that man can only do so much. With God, all things are possible. Now, verse 27, And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel or America from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam. So in other words, we know our help comes from God, but God raises up men and women to do his bidding. And he has all through history, correct? You don't have to surrender to God's will. You can be resistant, but if you yield to his will, God will use you in ways you never even have imagined. It's amazing what God will do with a simple man or a simple woman that says, God, here am I, send me. And then he goes on in verse 28, talks about the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, how he made war and how he recaptured for Israel what had belonged to Judah. And so he made war and he recaptured. There was a time of restoration. Now we know that the Scriptures... Give us the timing of these. Oh, boy, I appreciate Alex mentioning that. Because I think a lot of this is knowing the times and the seasons. But one night, I don't know what it was. When was it? I can't remember. Have you ever, ever, ever had a problem remembering what day that happened? But I woke up and all I could think about in that waking up zone was war. I kept hearing war, war, and I kept seeing the scriptures. They kept coming like in my mind You know uh, there's a time For peace and a time for war And then you know it says we, The battles we're in You know we wrestle not against flesh and blood But principalities and powers And all these things And I kept seeing that And I think the Lord was telling me something And you know in Ecclesiastes It says to everything there's a season And a purpose There's a time to be born and there's a time to die How many of you know that? We don't want to die before our time. So you want to use all the precautions, build up your immunity, and be safe. You just don't want to give in to the lies of the the agenda of hell. You just don't want to do that. You want to be wise because of the wisdom of God. Whatever comes from the world, I can promise you it's not going to be that wise when it all boils down to it. The wisdom of man is foolishness. It's what man says is foolishness, which is real wisdom, which is God's Word. And they're going to think you're awful foolish if you don't agree with them. They'll cut your tweets out. They'll take you off of, how dare you want to tell people there's hope? Who do you think you are? Spoiling my little agenda. Besides, I've got a vaccine waiting in the wings. If you tell people there's hope, we won't need a vaccine. That's why I'm going to keep telling people there's hope. We don't need your vaccine, especially when you're telling us your goal is to depopulate planet Earth. People can tell me to back down all they want. I ain't backing down because I'm going to stand before God one day and give an account. But anyway, there's a time to build up, time to break down, a time to build up. I was thinking about that. God, that's what I think it looks like they're trying to do. Break down everything in society. Break down the economy. Break down schools. and Break down everything so they can build it up in their image. The image of the beast. Now, not everybody's going to hear this. You know that. Let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Everyone else, God's going to help them not to hear. Did you hear what I said? God is going to close the ears of the proud or those who thought they knew it all and they don't want to hear anything else. I'll show you that in the scripture as well during these couple weeks. Well, there's a time to laugh and a time to mourn. This is not the time to mourn. Please don't go around mourning today. Laugh. You laugh when everybody else is mourning. That's going to be quite a testimony, isn't it? There's a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to be silent, a time to speak. What did A.G. Barr say this week? It's time to speak up. No, it's time to stand. I just added to it. I said, yeah, you're right, but it's also a time to speak. Then it says there's a time to war and there's a time of peace. Now, you know, this is interesting. How many of you know what 2020 is, the year meaning in the Hebrew it's the year of the mouth. isn't it amazing they're trying to cover our mouths in the year of the mouth? No, couldn't be. couldn't add. Uh, the devil's not that smart. No, it's no accident. It's no accident, but we're finding ourselves in the middle of a war. How many of you know America is in the middle of a war? We only have a few months. To change the tide It's D-Day I believe And I'll talk to you more Next week about it But we're getting ready For some of the greatest battles Of all of history And we're right on time God is teaching our hands He's trained us He's preparing us for the moment Now today for the rest of the time And then we'll just briefly talk about the The Antichrist, I don't really like talking about him, but how many of you know it's in the Bible? Do you know there's some people that don't even talk about that? They think you're in some kind of unbelief. The way I see it, if God didn't want you to talk about something he wrote about, he wouldn't have written about it. He said, preach the word. Preach the word. You don't preach your own opinion. You don't preach what they taught you in seminary. You preach the word. The Bible has a lot to say about the beast. Preach it. If you don't preach it, I'm going to hold you accountable when they stand before the beast and they're not able to overcome. Anyway, i got to hold my horses here. We'll get to there. But I wanted to do today just to set the course because I've been thinking about David's mighty men. You're going to have to be a mighty man and a mighty woman in this hour So I want you to go to 2nd or 1st Chronicles chapter 11 Say I'm with you I hope you are because there's a lot of people deserting I remember when I was in Cuba It reminds me, I've already been trained for this It was before they let you preach They told us to be careful said be careful they're watching the communists are going to be watching every move you make so I stood up on a bench and started preaching and the police came I told you the story and the police took me and my friend who was playing the guitar off and then I turned back around to look for my friends and they were all scattering in the crowd and I remembered you know, they were all saying, I don't know him, I don't know, I never knew him I don't know who that fool is that you have But anyway, it's quite an amazing thing We went to the jail, and it wasn't, they never did lock us up We were in this holding room And I, I felt like I had a word from the Lord for the jailer So I went to him, I said, you know, God is going to move in Cuba He's going to pour out his spirit in Cuba There's a great shaking, God's going to send revival to Cuba And the man started shaking and let us go And you know what's happening in Cuba today. There's a great move of God breaking out in the underground church. And our friend, Osmani Sosa, who used to play baseball in Cuba, now he's leading a sports ministry. And he's seen thousands and thousands of Cuban athletes come to Jesus. It's an amazing thing. But anyway, 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 22. This is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. And I think I've read this before, but you may want to circle it, go back, look at it. Benaiah was the son of Jehodiah, the son of a valiant man from Kebzeel who had done many deeds, and he had killed two lion-like heroes in Moab. Now, you know, before you face real lions, God may have you face some lion-like creatures. Does that make sense? Some things that are not really... The lion, but it may look like a lion So that he will train you to face the lion And that's what happened with Benaiah He'd killed two lion-like heroes But look at this He'd also gone down and killed a lion Now this was not lion-like This was the real He killed a lion in the midst of a pit On a snowy day That's a strange scripture, isn't it? He killed a lion in the midst of a pit On a snowy day what does that mean? Well, first of all, if it's a snowy day, that's not the best of circumstances to be tangling with a lion. Because you can't get your grip. The lion has bound to have an advantage over you and whatever shoes you're wearing or boots or your bare feet. And then secondly, you're in the midst of a pit. That means there's no way out. You can't get out. You have a choice. Stand there and watch that lion devour you or put up a fight. You know that's where the church in America is right now? You know America's beyond human remedy? How many of you know that? Beyond human remedy. So we can just stand here, look at the enemy in the face, call them a liar all we want, and it's not going to offend them. They don't care. Their father's the father of lies. You can stare at them, call them all you want, Or you can fight back And remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood But principalities and powers in the heavenly places And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world Anyway, isn't that a neat story? So if you get in a mess You feel like you're in a pit You're surrounded and there's no way out And you're looking eye to eye with a lion Take heart The Lion of Judah has a different plan. Just remember that. And the Lion of Judah is with you. Now, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, and look look in verse 32. This is what Alex was referring to, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. We need both of those, don't we? We need understanding the times, but we also need what, what are we supposed to be doing What is my role? What is your role? What what do we do? And how many of you know if you ask, if you lack wisdom and you ask of God, God will give you wisdom. How many of you are confident that he'll do that? He will give you the wisdom that you need. So he goes on. They had an understanding of the times and all their brethren were at their command. And I was just looking at this again, looking at the... Mighty men of David, and uh, the sons of Issachar, and I felt like there were four or five, six things that we need to remember for the time that we're we're desperately in need of in the in America today. The church is in need of, and then we'll we'll carry on. This is just part one. But look uh, in verse thirty-two again at the end. It says, "And all their brethren were at their command." In other words. There was some leadership going on. They were were real leaders that were rising to the occasion. The sons of Issachar, they were being leaders. You know, Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, then both of them are going to fall into the ditch. We need leaders today that can see which way to go. We need to acknowledge those avenues that, that bring help rather than close them off. We need to listen to the frontline doctors who says there's an antidote, their, their answers, then, rather than shut them up. We need leaders today. We need leaders. We need mayors. We need governors that will not give permission to the rioters to carry on and do your bidding, but to rise up and say enough is enough. We need leaders. We need leaders in the church. I was thinking about, you know, those movies we used to see about the Civil War. Probably we'll never see another Civil War movie the rest of our life. But I remember they would line them all up, you know, three or four, five, six deep, sometimes way more than that. My thought was all the time is, you know, those guys on the front line, as they're walking across the field, there's a good chance not a one of them is gonna make it. Every one of them is gonna be killed. And I I've, I've thought, I said, well, God, if I was in that crowd, would I try to sneak to the back? You know, what would I do? You know, I'm just asking, what where would you do? Would you sneak to the back or would you try to sneak up to the front? There's not a lot of people today trying to sneak up to the front. Because number one, you can't sneak to the front. You get to the front, you will be very noticeable. All of those on the front are in the line of fire. But they got to be willing to die. Somebody's got to be willing to die. You've got to be willing to get shot. So what if they call you a fool? I'd rather be a fool for Christ than stumble my way through life following some vain imagination and some heresy and a lie that was created out of the pit of hell. Of which they even had a playbook before it even started. It's an amazing time to me. I feel like I'm right on time. You feel that way too. I feel like, man, this is it. This is what we've been created for all our lives. Have you noticed there are not as many in the crowd? God is shaken everything that can be shaken. There are some people that will never darken the door again of a church. Never. They think it's for fear I'm telling you God is up to something Is that okay if I can tell you God is up to something I'm going to show you something I'll just read it Because I want to move I want to get this quickly I'm going to try quickly But to remember Oh I know what I can do I can read it to you from my book That I wrote The Song of Deborah Remember the Song of Deborah I wrote this book and I'm amazed how things are coming to pass That I wrote about 11 years ago and it's really amazing I used to joke and say you know this book makes good firewood And some people took me up on it Now they wish I would give them a copy Listen about Deborah Deborah answered the call She was a leader We're going to see Deborah's arise in this hour Mighty Debras, I'm telling you. I know one of them used to go to this church and she moved off to be with her grandchildren, but she's one of the mighty Debras. But anyway, like Jeremiah, Deborah discerned the times and understood that Israel's enemies had gained access to the land because of sin. How many of you know sin opens the door? It always withholds. Sin withholds good from us and opens the door of reproach. To any people. The book of Judges gives us a clear picture of the condition of Deborah's day. We read, the highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in America. Do you know there are places right now in America where it looks like village life has ceased? The streets are dead. Normal life, life as they were accustomed, had come to an end. And it was the end of the world as they had known it. But instead of walking on the main roads, the people had to travel around the back roads so as not to be seen. The very people who belonged to God were living in fear and hopelessness with little to look forward to. Their enemies were occupying the land rightfully belonging to them. But Deborah, she was of a different spirit. Deborah loved God and her nation. She was deeply concerned for the spiritual as well as the political welfare of the people. And Deborah was not about to sit back and do nothing. You know, there's a lot of people today, they just think they can sit in their home and they're protected and do nothing. You're not protected in your home. There's only one safe place in the will of God. You are safe in the will of God. Every place else Anyway, here's what it said The scriptures reveal that things remained as they were Until I, Deborah, arose Arose as a mother in Israel And someone had to arise Someone had to address the situation Someone had to make a difference And so Deborah saw herself as a mother among the people She answered the call She mustered an army While most were running in fear Deborah rose up, and here's what she said. This was her heart cry. Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord. Let all your enemies perish, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. And God's raising up Deborahs in this hour. We need to lead. Governors need to lead your state. I don't care what they're telling you to do. Stand. Those of you that know the Lord, you know what the word says about this hour. And then secondly, over in 1st Chronicles, it was a time of war. We're in war, big time war. There's a war on truth. You don't believe me, just try to tell it. There's a war on the family, a war on freedom. Somebody sent me a picture of lightning striking the Statue of Liberty. There's a war on law and order. There's a war on the church. All of hell is rallied against the church of Jesus Christ. Well, we expected it. It probably has something to do with why he said the gates of hell will not prevail. And we know what that means because we've looked at that. There's a war on God. How many of you know that? That's what really is happening. I was amazed to watch... The MLB players bow before BLM, except one. Yeah, one. One. I thought, that would have been my son. Because Josh used to bow before. He, every time he pitched, he would bow on the mound. And I know they were ridiculing him. Because I could hear it. I'm in the stands. And sometimes I wondered, Josh, you got to get up. You got to face the batter, Josh. You're taking too long praying. Then I realized no, that's why he's praying, because he got to face the guy coming to the plate. But I was so proud. Shirley and I would just be amazed. Every single time he pitched, he would bow. But you know, you don't have all you have to look, you don't even have to get a CD. You can just look on the website. BLM is a Marxist organization. And so I thought, you know, all of those honoring a Marxist organization, they're really honoring the father of Marxism. You think that could be possible? Marxism and socialism and communism are all what? The same thing. They're all identical. They're three ways in which they manifest. Do you know that under Marxist policies, over 100 million people have died on planet Earth. And some people say it's twice as much. Well, let's think about Marxists. People, you know, those that are into Marxism today, they think they're atheists. Your father was not an atheist. He was a staunch religious man. Did you know that? Marx, Karl Marx, originally claimed to be a Christian. Originally. He discarded his Christianity, and he fully embraced Satanism. He was an avowed Satanist. He considered himself to be at war with God and with the Bible. Here's one time, here's one of his quotes. He said, Thus heaven I forfeited. I know it full well. My soul, once true to God, is now chosen for hell. Marx used to tell his daughters, did both of them commit suicide? Both of his daughters committed suicide. He used to tell his daughters a story how he bought his sword from the prince of darkness for the price of his soul. He would declare that it, it was his aim to draw all of mankind into the abyss and follow them laughing all the way. This is Karl Marx. He wanted to ruin Everything. That was his goal. It wasn't to improve society. It wasn't to reform. It was to ruin it and enjoy its ruin. Everything socialism touches, what happens? It's eventually ruined. Everything. Families. Even sporting events. Everything. Governments. Schools. The future of our children, everything socialism touches, it destroys and ruins. Well, anyway, there are many people that are embracing the goals of Karl Marx today. Understand that he was at war with God. And I'm telling you, you can be at war with God, but there will come a day you will not win that war. God is stronger than communism and socialism and Marxism. I was thinking again this week about the Mexican Revolution we, I didn't even know about it until we saw that movie For Greater Glory and I've shared with you about it But I remember the two things that I heard That really struck my attention And one was where the priest One of the priests that was going to be You know, martyred, he was going to give his life And what, what was it? There were 4,300 priests in 1928 in Mexico, eight years later, there were only 334. They had all been murdered, assassinated, run out of the country. In any way, the priest made this statement, and I'll never forget. He said, it's, there is no greater glory than to give one's life for Jesus Christ. And I pray we'll always remember that. But the other thing is, they didn't have a general to fight. They didn't even have a command post. Marxism was overriding. You see, they had all the laws in place. All they needed was the right candidate to win the election. And when the right man won in Mexico, he already had the laws on the books. He rose up and enforced what had already been written. And Marxism was coming. The only hope for Mexico was the church. And they didn't even have a general. They didn't know what to do. And and one of the guys said... As he's leading his team out, charge, you know. He said, look, we will fire the shot. God will determine will the bullets land. And I thought, you know, God, in this battle we're facing, we're not battling flesh and blood. And if we were, we don't even have the weapons. We don't even begin to have the weapons that they have. And I feel like he's saying to us, you just fire the shot. You speak the word. You preach my word. I'll determine where it goes and I'll determine the result of it. And then the next thing, they were trained in weapons of war. We've got to be trained in the weapons of warfare, though. And, of course, one of them is the blood of Jesus. There's some denominations that quit preaching about the blood. We're going to keep preaching about the blood. The blood covers, covers. the blood cleanses. The blood of Jesus. And then we got to have fervent prayer in this hour. No wimpy prayers. We talk about that all the time. But even a wimpy prayer is probably better than no prayer. Sometimes I feel like that's all I have is wimpy prayers. You ever felt that way? I don't know what to pray. Say, God, I don't even know. So I'm going to say help. That's a powerful prayer. But you know, you know the Pastor Dana in Kentucky that had that dream of what he saw coming during the month of August, September, and October. Or was it? No, September, October, November. That's another reason that God is trimming down the numbers. Because he knows what's coming. And he's getting the people ready. But anyway, he had another dream, Pastor Dana. He said, during the month of September, pray these three things. Number one, backbone for the church. We've got to have backbone. Number two, pray that corruption in the church be exposed. I would say amen to that a thousand times. And corruption in the government. But since judgment begins in the house of God first, let her rip. Let it let the sheets be pulled back. And then number three, pray for the harvest. Because God, he is the Lord of the harvest. Prayer is one of our weapons. No weapon fashioned against me will prosper. Amen. You're going to have to pray that prayer. No weapon, no weapon fashioned against my wife, my son, my daughter, my nation shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment. I declare condemned. This is the inheritance of the saints. Do you know that's what it says? Amen. <laughs> we might want to start praying what the, Bible, what the book says. Amen. Instead of our own opinions. Amen. I read that, I say, God, you couldn't have meant that. And you know what he says? If I hadn't a meant it, I wouldn't have put it in the book. Every tongue that rises in judgment. We declare condemned. It's a serious hour, guys. You don't play. Do you know there's a scripture that says the judge is standing at the door. So don't be a complainer. That's the first group God's going to judge. The murmurs, the complainers. Those who judged others. That's what happens when the judge comes through the door. That's why he said that. Some serious times. Anyway, you know that we got to keep praying. God, Isaiah 55. Who is it? Derek Prince told us there was a time coming when you would have to pray. Isaiah 55, which says, Oh Lord, divide and destroy the tongues, the communication, because I've seen the violence in the cities. We got to pray. Oh God, we see the violence in Seattle, we see the violence in Portland. We see the violence in Chicago. Oh, God, arise. Lord, divide and destroy the tongues, the communication, the seats of communication, the propaganda, the gifts of the Spirit that's part of our weapons, the anointing. I'm going to share. I'm going to close out in a minute on that. And then also in verse 33, it spoke about how the expert in war with all weapons of war, stout-hearted men who could keep ranks, in other words, make sure you know your place in this hour and do not leave your post. Listen, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 4. If the spirit of a ruler rises up against you, now that could be natural or spiritual. Do not leave your post. Do not leave your post. You do not want to be counted as one. One. AWOL at the end of the age. You don't want to be one that went home crying because they didn't agree with what you believed in. Amen. There'll be a big price to pay. To much is given, much will be required on that day. You know the enemy's trying to get people to leave their post. It's amazing. Remember Jesus, do you remember? We just went over this two weeks ago. I don't mean to bang, but I'm gonna bang. There's some people that won't touch this with a ten foot pole. But Jesus told us this is his own word. At the end of the age, you know who your greatest enemies are going to be? Those among your own household. That's what Jesus said. Why did you say that? Jesus, people will be offended by that. Don't you know you shouldn't have said that? Mm-hmm. There you go. Household America, household local fellowships, household family. Some of your greatest enemies will come out of your own household. <laughs> it's amazing how many have tossed the words of Jesus out for their convenience. Right. The doctrines of men have made the word of God of no effect. And they're going to stand before God. It would be better not to preach if you're going to preach your own opinion rather than the words of Jesus in this hour. Jesus said, Go ye therefore, teach them all things that I've commanded. All things that I've commanded. All things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age, especially at the end of the age. He doesn't say especially, but every time I read it, that's what I think. Especially Now the next thing Verse 38 All these men of war Who could keep ranks Came to Hebron With a loyal heart The next thing about the sons of You know the mighty men of David They had a loyal heart The word loyal in the Hebrew Means complete or whole You will not be able to serve him In this hour with anything less Than a whole heart The Lord is not going to accept Anything partial It is all the way or none of the way. Jesus said, either you are for me or you will be against me. You cannot be in the middle. You must choose this day who you will serve. And many are saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's only one throne. I won't know if I'll have time to get to that today. But do you know? Wait till I show you this. I may wait till next week. I'll never forget Milton Green, a guy that God used in my life, and I've shared with you many, many, many times. I'd go to those in the word seminars, and he only had a ninth grade education. He died, he, I mean, he just was a short time, a teacher. And mostly what he would do is read the Bible. He would just read the scripture. And I would be one of those, I was in my 20s and I would go to those conferences and I would look at the Bible. And it was like fire was coming out of the altar, the pulpit, flying through the sky and exploding in my heart as a young man. I was just like the fire of God, the word of God. I was just eating up the word of God. And I'll never forget Milton said one day he said you know a lot of people are waiting for that temple to be built over there in Israel while the antichrist is sitting right now in the temple on the throne of their heart and they don't even know it and I remember the first time I heard that I said Milton you got to be out of your mind I didn't know much but I knew that couldn't be right you wait do I show you in the scripture it's right Now there may be another. I I don't know. That could happen over there. I'm not opposed to any of that happening, the natural, the spiritual. But I do know where the Antichrist is seated in this hour. How do you know? Just look at their actions. Listen to what comes out of their mouth. Listen to the judgments they make. Listen to the murder that comes out. Jesus said, if you just hate your brother, you've murdered him. If you just lust with your eye, you've already committed adultery. You don't even have to do the real thing. You might as well go do the real thing because you've already done it. Now don't do the real thing. So what am I saying? We've got to have a loyal heart. You've got to be in all the way. I think Amanda was sharing that this morning, Jesus. He's, he doesn't want any competitors. He said, have no other gods. No other gods. And I would speak to the church of America, no other gods before me. And then the next thing in verse 38, he said, they all came with a loyal heart to make David king over Israel. They were of one mind to make David king. In other words, for us, one mind to make Jesus king. Now, he's already king. The kingdom is among us. It's our job now to declare the kingdom of God is here. Right? Does that make sense? Jesus said, the kingdom of God. With my little finger, if I cast out demons, it's because the kingdom of God has come nigh you. That's our message. The kingdom of God is here. Where? With that denomination down the street, that denomination that closed its doors, obviously not there. They closed their doors. So where's the kingdom? It's within us And everywhere we go However whatever we wear We're the kingdom of God The kingdom of God is there You understand what I'm saying And then the last thing in verse 40 about The sons of Issachar and the mighty men of David And there's so much about we couldn't There's there's so much All of the names of the mighty men of David Have different meanings And there are many truths about that But it says for there was joy In America In America Israel But we can insert Whatever was written beforehand Was written for our example You know that would be cruel Not to read in the New Testament Before we leave today So I'm going to do it Is that okay? Go with me to First John I don't want to be cruel You got to read You guys everybody good? We're going to go have Mexican food It'll still be there I don't. It'll be hotter today. Yeah, that's right But guys, this is not the time to play you got to see this Oh man First John chapter 2 verse 15 Do not love the world or the things of the world If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father but of the world, and the world is doing what? Passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God will do what? Abide forever. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. We see there is an Antichrist, and there are many Antichrists. Most of, us, most of us knew that. Many have come by which we know it is the last hour. It's one of the signs that you're living in the last hour. You remember, Jesus also, well, Paul spoke about that in, to the church of Thessalonica. He said, there are two things that are going to happen before the end of the age, before the end of the world. What were they? The great falling away. The great falling away. Say the great falling away. The great falling away. We're in the midst of the great falling away from the faith. And the son of perdition, destruction, lawlessness will be revealed. You see any lawlessness being revealed in this hour? Destruction. Everything behind You see, this virus is riding in on the Trojan horse called socialism. Everything it touches is destroyed. Everything. That's why the antidote comes not from a a vaccine created by man. It comes, listen... The blood of Jesus wasn't created by man. Man can't improve the blood of Jesus. Man can't do anything to replace the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful, the greatest cleanser, the greatest healing, ointment you'll ever need in this life. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus. Brings salvation, deliverance, healing, forgiveness. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Well, let's just go back, read the rest. I don't know, I feel like I'm in the middle of something I don't know how to get out of. So I won't. We'll pick it up next week. And I'm going to trust God between now and next week. Give me the marks. If if you gave me the title, please give me the body. Because, you know, the mark is only part of the marks. You You know what I'm talking about. The marks are the identifying things you identify with the beast. You're going to be amazed. It's going to be like reading the paper. It's all happening on our watch. Are you going to chicken out? You going to go home? We've said this many times, but who are you going to call? 1-800-Ghostbusters, it ain't gonna work. You are the Ghostbusters. Verse 19, here's the great falling away. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest... That none of them were of us. I've always wondered, God, how did you put verse 19? It seems so out of context. Until you read it in the context of the age of the Antichrist. Then you understand what that verse meant. I've heard that verse all my life. How many of you have heard that verse? I've heard people use it. To blast the people that left the church. Listen, that ain't ain't what it's about. It's the age of the Antichrist. Oh God, thank you. How do you know? Well, look in verse 20. But you have an anointing. You, say me. You have an anointing. From the Holy One. And you know all things. And then you can look through verse 21 on To about verse 26 And he's talking about the lies And the deception Are we living in an age of deception? Lies 24 hours a day Seven days a week Look in verse 26 These things I've written to you Concerning those who try to deceive you They lie to you They lead you astray But verse 27 here's the answer But the anointing which you have received From him abides in you And as that anointing teaches you Concerning all things it is true And then he goes on in verse 28 And he talks about abiding Now little children abide in him So that you will not be ashamed Before the Lord It is coming And you know that he is righteous Everyone who practices righteousness Then he speaks in chapter 3 About the love of God We heard about the love We love it Alex was speaking we love God But we love one another And this is one of the ways that we know if we love him We have love for one another We know that's in the New Testament In a broader sense And then he goes on Verse 10 through verse 13 It talks about the children Of God And the children of the devil And how you're going to know the difference Those who are of Cain are going to rise up Those who are of the wicked one And they will murder Those who are of the sons of Abel Literally Because their deeds were evil And Abel's deeds were righteous Verse 13 The reminder Do not marvel my brethren If the world hates you Don't marvel Don't be upset Don't be shocked Verse 15 Whoever hates his brother is a murderer And you know that no murderer has eternal life And then he goes on All of this fits together It's an amazing thing, chapter 4, test every spirit Because not every spirit that goes into the world Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Is the Christ, is of the spirit of Antichrist Which you have heard was coming, say was coming And then say the rest, and is now Already in the world He's coming And he's now already in the world but here's a verse four. You could put a but in front of that, but we won't, but you could because it says you are of God. So you could put a but there. But you are of God. I like that, don't you? It separates, distinguishes. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who? The Antichrist, the agent, the spirit of Antichrist. You've overcome them. How? Because he Who is in you is greater than he who is of the world. That verse is going to be really popular in this age. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And that scripture was meant for the Antichrist. If you don't know it, I'm going to let you in on a secret. We're there. We're there. So what are we going to do about it? We'll talk about that next week. But I'm going to pray and I want you to read what you have because it's important. Thanks for being patient. Now, Lord, I pray you'd seal this. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we fired the shot. Next week, we're going to come with double barrels. You determine where the bullets land, where the word of God lands, and let it accomplish your purpose. Thank you that it will not return void. Lord, I thank you, you are separating the righteous from the wicked, the wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goats, those, Lord, who said they served you from those who serve you, the left from the right, the righteous, the wicked, and on and on and on. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray right now, if there's anyone in this place who doesn't know Jesus, if anyone watching that doesn't know Jesus, I pray right now that they'll surrender to you and they'll know the Lord Jesus Christ and have the authority over the Antichrist. Because of the greater one. And my friend, if that's you, you're watching, you're in this room, you say, what must I do? The Bible says you call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. You call upon him. That's really, that really is the bottom line. You confess, yes, confess, you've sinned. You say, I acknowledge I've sinned. I confess my sin in my heart. I've, I've gone my own way. But I believe that Jesus is the way. And I surrender right now my life to him. I put my trust in the shed blood of Jesus. And I ask him to cleanse me and forgive me. And I repent. I turn from my own way and I turn now to you as the way. And I receive you by faith. And I thank you and I receive salvation. And Lord, I just pray that anyone that right now, that's, that's their heart, I thank you. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort. We just call on you. And we acknowledge you and and confess you. And I thank you, Lord. Right now, I pray for salvation. Lord, I believe right now there are places, there are people that are watching and they're saying, I want Jesus. I want to know Jesus in this hour. And I'm telling you, my friend, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And you'll find that he'll be faithful. And the blood of Jesus is enough to cleanse you, to wash you, and to make you whole. And Lord, I pray right now for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. God, that you'd flood this land with your glory. Lord, there are people right now that called out to you as we just voiced this simple invitation. And I pray, God, you'd fill that, their hearts with joy overflowing. Fill that place, God. Let it spill out. And let your Son be glorified in all that land and all that place and all that home. And I thank you for it. And Lord, I pray for protection for your people. And God, I thank you no weapon fashioned against your people will prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment shall be condemned. And this is our heritage. And God, we just agree with your word. And we thank you for the Son of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, that's rising up with fire in his eyes.